0: hello good morning actually i don't know if it is morning where you are isn't, you
1: know, <laughs> it is morning it is they, morning where yeah
0: well it's morning where you are but i don't know the listeners that might be somewhere else so and they listen you know this is on the on in hyperspace people just have downloaded at the time it might be in a thousand years from now people are listening to this episode who knows anyway whoever you are Whichever alien being you are. <laughs> okay, I'm being silly now. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Discover Energy Work. It's nice to have you here. Um, today I have uh, Sue Moore, and Sue has got an incredible story uh, of spontaneous healing. Um, and actually also uh, you have a story of shifting your your life direction, don't you uh, Sue as well? So yes. how do you introduce yourself? So people can like as we do we like to put people in certain areas yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well thank you richard it's um great to connect with you and your listeners uh too so my name is sue moore i'm the founder of inside out international and i'm a health and lifestyle coach so that's the inverted label that people know me by yeah
0: okay so where what 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 happened, Sue? What was the story? I mean, I know a little bit the story, although I'm, as I admitted to you just a second ago, yeah. I've, I've forgotten half of it. And i I speak to so many people at the moment uh, about uh, their healings and about the amazing things that happened to them that I'm I'm, I'm lost. So mm-hmm. will, you, will you fill me in?
1: Yes, absolutely, Richard. So. It all started back in 2014 when I was training for a marathon, the Melbourne Marathon, I'm based in Australia. And two weeks out from that, I had a massive migraine and the migraine lasted for five hours. And after that, I was left numb, completely numb down the right-hand side of my body and I was unable to feel my right foot. So I started panicking a bit, thinking that maybe it was a stroke and didn't know what it was to cut a really long story short, after a month of tests, I finally, an MRI, MRI scans, full body MRI scans, blood tests, everything. I went to see a neurologist and he said, Sue, you have eight lesions on your brain. And because of that, we're diagnosing MS, multiple sclerosis.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and so for people that might not know, um, our nerves are insulated much like, Um, wire in the electrical system of the house and the sclerosis which means you could say it's like scarring means that the that insulation is is kind of destroyed or or scarred really badly Um, nerves are the most sensitive uh, and differentiated cells of the body which sometimes they just can never ever heal so um that's what ms is and I'm right in understanding it's pretty much a, um, there's no treatment for it, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right, Uh, that's right, Richard. So it's an autoimmune disease and they did say that it's an incurable disease, MS is incurable. And what they did say then was that there are many drugs on the market that might help my symptoms um, and might help prevent future attacks from happening but they also said that it might not help. Um, so I went away with that thinking, okay, well, my whole world has completely changed. I've gone from being as fit as I could ever be just about to embark on a marathon. It was my first ever marathon mm. and then receive a diagnosis. To me, it just didn't make any sense. So um, there was a lot of trauma and, and, um, you know, regret of inverted commas, my old life. Um, and and then, you, you know, going down the route of well, what to expect, because I hadn't heard of MS before. So my limited knowledge of it was you receive a diagnosis, and then you get worse, and then you end up in a wheelchair and you die.
0: Well, yeah, that's pretty much actually like my impression as well. So yeah, everything to do with nerves, can get worse, and it, it happens in like phases, where suddenly you know, <clears throat> um, that part that that part of the nervous system, so whether it's in the brain or in the per- periphery, so in the arms and legs or the gut or wherever, that suddenly just has a flare up. The nerves become scarred, stop working, or or worse, they actually misfire. So essentially, they're just they're just uh, like sparking. Um, electrical wires that are just shorting out wherever. Yeah. So you have what is called paresthesia which is you have a feeling where there is no, there is nothing to feel, as it were. So you you've got mm. buzzing or terrible, terrible pain uh, in the body. So I mean, it it is a nightmare of a seed, I I say.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, Richard, what happened next was. Um, It was, okay, so I had received the diagnosis in October, November-ish 2014, missed obviously the marathon and it was funny actually because I I remember going to my GP, I put so much training um, into the marathon and any of your listeners who are runners or any fitness people out there would know how much commitment it takes to run a marathon and my GP was actually a runner too and I said, look, I don't know what it is, but like I've got two weeks now, to um, to you know, in between um, the incident of the uh, when I had the migraine, um, just l- let me know what I can do so that I can be on the starting line. And he looked at me, and said, "Sue, I understand you're a runner. You've put in all this training, but I can't. You know, I can't. Um, uh, uh, you, you know, help." help with that and he actually did call up the local hospital and spoke to the neurology uh, team and they said before my diagnosis is he said we she might she could um you know run um but it could have an absolute risk as well so um without a full scan and a full diagnosis Mm. so I was quite stubborn (laughs) and I went to see if I could um you know move my leg and to run but I you know it was just at that time when I was stubborn enough to go out and see if I could move again it was like I don't know if you can see uh, it was like having um pins and needles but like um on steroids, I suppose, where I couldn't even feel the floor. I was, it was almost as if I was with my right leg. It was moving, but it was in air. And I thought, this is pretty dangerous. I can't even feel the floor. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm running, but I have no idea what my legs are doing. This is pretty dangerous. And mm. and uh, And, you know, just even walking up a hill, I was just exhausted. And I just thought, this is ridiculous, not even to go from a marathon but you know even downgrade it and enter the 4k race or uh, 5k race um so yeah I didn't do it yeah. so I was absolutely devastated for that yeah 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 I mean
0: I you know um, I, I can imagine I can also imagine like um your family must have been like it uh, like a bomb had hit the house you know it like, must have been like incredibly difficult um because uh, number one is this probably mysterious disease. Okay, so I'm medical, I've got a medical uh, background, but other people, you know, it's like this mysterious disease and it's incurable. And, it's, and, and you see pic- pictures of people with MS and you go, oh, you know, it's 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 this is really not good. And this is something which is gonna continue with us and our family, like watching you go into the decline over a number of years. Mm. So I mean, it must have been so incredibly difficult for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My husband. We don't have any children, but my husband was there with me um, when we received the diagnosis. And I remember at the time with the neurologist, the neurologist told us, and he had an amazing bedside manner. He was just the most incredible human. Um, and he, he and he he said the news, said the diagnosis. And then he was carried on talking. And for me, it was a delayed reaction. It was almost like a sliding door moment. Rod, my husband, was sitting there. And then the neurologist slowly pushed a a box of tissues towards me. And I'm saying, why is he doing that? That's odd behavior. Like, I'm English. I don't cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And then all of a sudden, it was really delayed. And I just thought, wow, it's really hit me like a bombshell. And I was beside myself. I was crying so I was forward pacing into what will my life be like? I don't know what this is. Will I end up in a wheelchair? Will I die? What do I do now? Uh, my whole world as I knew it just kind of like caved in. And I looked at Rod and, and he was just the most amazing. He's my emotional rock really. Um, with any good relationship, you have that real big balance. And he, even though he was shocked too, he kind of held the fore and was able to ask, uh, um, not the tough questions, but ask the questions that I wanted to know, but was unable to communicate, you know? Mm. Um, so we asked about diet, we asked about what life would be like, what, um, you know, what the next steps are now. And um, um, so, yeah, that was interesting. So when the doctor actually did say that it was incurable um, but there are medications that might help the current symptoms and might help prevent future flare-ups. I went away with this information, Richard, over the Christmas period, because he was off until like the start of the next year. And I investigated um, the pamphlets, the information and the drugs, but there was a massive list of mm. side effects. And I just mm. thought, wow, I'm just not I'm just not doing that to my body if he was saying it might work it might not to me it felt like playing Russian roulette yes and I just thought I've got to take life into my own hands what what can what can I do what can I do moving forward um yeah so then I started researching yeah
0: yes so I got a mozzie that's, that's, that's keep, keeps on like flying on me I, I, I'm, I'm totally enrapped <laughs> and I've got this mozzie, and I'm like. You are not biting me. Well, he probably <laughs> I should probably just played. I should probably yeah, they,
1: yes. yeah, Richard. They like English barb, uh, blood, don't they?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Well, I, I think I have a particularly good claret. You know, yeah. um,
1: <laughs> Same here.
0: Um. So um, yeah, right. Um, I I get that, and, and I think what we should say is at the moment this is we are not giving any medical advice. You know, um. It's you know somebody somebody is going to go to a doctor and they're going to have a feeling, you know that they might feel undermined by this. We're not saying that. What we're saying is, in a way, there is another option. So, what was your other option? What what did you you took plan B? Yeah, which is what wasn't doctor plan A. You said, okay, I'm going to do something else.
1: Yeah, to to me, I just had this overwhelming overwhelming feeling in my body that it just didn't make sense like I said it felt like playing Russian roulette when when you're given like the option of these drugs might work they might not and then you take that probability into the balance with a whole list of side effects um, and that you'd be prescribed these for the rest of your life every cell in my body was screaming no it made zero sense to me so yeah from that point of view, I had to find another way. Now, uh, I want to preframe this. Uh, what I'm going to share with you, um, and Richard, we've had our conversation before this call. Um, you know, might not be for everyone, and I, and I know that MS, they, multiple sclerosis, they do call it the um, snowflake disease, the invisible disease. And everyone mm. does have their. A, anyone who has been do, diagnosed with it has various different symptoms and various results. Um, However, what what I'm going to share next, I do feel that people can learn to tap in to their own innate intelligence. So, And that was the intuition, the calling for me that it didn't make sense. So Richard, what I did next was I went on to Google and I just wanted to find out a bit more about what life is like living with MS, um, have people being able to run again with MS. So I, my biggest identity was a runner. So I just thought, uh, don't take running away from me. That was, that was one of the thoughts that was going through my mind. I saw a YouTube clip and I forget her name now. She was an American. She was an amazing lady and she was living with MS and mm-hmm. she was still able to do track work. So that was my reference. I thought, wow, okay, there's somebody else who has been diagnosed with MS, who can still run? Great, if she can do it, I can do it too. So that was my thinking. Then I also went down the rabbit hole and I found out more evidence of people who had had spontaneous remissions from incurable diseases. And there was a study done by the uh, Institute of Notic Sciences, and they've cataloged many, many, many people from incurable diseases, autoimmune cancer, you name it. And again, it was another reference point of wow. Okay, there are other people who have done it. If they can do it, I can too. So it was almost in that research. I was just stacking evidence of what else was possible. Um, then I found um, other, you know, diets online that I could look at. Um, so I, I was just putting the pieces together of. What I call now a very holistic approach, thinking of me as a human being, um, rather than the diagnosis and the uh, almost a life sentence or the for life that this is how it's going to be. Just think, okay, let's dig a bit deeper into the holistic being. How can we help the whole being move forward? And that, um, and again, as we were talking about before, the fundamental belief that the innate intelligence that made the body can also heal the
0: body. So right. to
1: tap into that. Um,
0: what I like about your story, I mean, I, I like the fact that you went to the, um, you, you did a kind of scientific, you know, study. Um, so the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences, uh, that's where Dean Radin and, and various other people are, are running incredible research. Um, they all are recognised PhDs. They are all doing like totally... Um, we can say up to the scientific standard uh, research, and it's not that that's the only way to go because some people have just like as you say they've, they've tapped into their noetic, uh, their um, that, their innate intelligence. Um, I also I just want to refer uh, you know you and people to this book by Jeffrey Rediger called Cured, where he, he's a Princeton and Harvard trained uh, doctor. Uh, he's now a medical director of a hospital, and he uh, said spontaneous remission is not a spont- is not a statistical anomaly. It happens uh, quite a lot, and we should study it. And that's what his book is about. Is, like his study of it. And what you're what you're already saying is confirming that it's like okay, well, I'm going to look into my into my diet, and there is something else. There is something else that I need to look at. And we'll call it innate intelligence. Everyone's got a different word for it, maybe. Um, but, but how did you tap into your... Because I'm, I'm thinking, like, not in a bad way, but as far as that's concerned, you must be feeling a bit of a pleb. You know, like, what is innate intelligence? You know, what is plebeian? Uh, you know, like, a commoner. What is this thing? I don't know what this is.
1: Yeah. Um, how I would explain it is... Um, is is there's a energy or a power within you that that has created you. So just think about it. We go about our doingness, our actions, but we don't consciously think about, okay, I better breathe now. Or okay, well, I better beat my heart. And by the way, while I'm thinking and breathing and beating my heart, I better produce some white blood cells and some red blood cells. Mm. You know, it's all taking care of you. So mm. And so that's one aspect of it. And the other thing which everyone has and everyone's had experience of it, no matter what they've encountered in their life is a strong urge and a deep intuition. So it's that knowingness, that intuition, that, mm-hmm. that guiding light, that north, north star, that, that never fails you, that if you start to tune into that, that is your, they, they are your answers internally hence my um health coaching business name inside out international because all the answers are within you all the resources are within you Mm -hmm. it's just that over time children progressing into adults we're we're taught from our environment to look externally for the answers as opposed to tapping in here and our heart and our intuition to to guide us Mm -hmm. Um, So so that was a big part of it. And and so it was a case of that knowingness, but then it was a case of, okay, well, I I know that and I feel that there's got to be another way, but now what? So that now what for me, when I had the social proof of seeing a lady who had been diagnosed with MS, was able to run, finding uh, other people who had spontaneous remissions from incurable Mm. diseases, I had to then piece things together for it to work for Sue. So what I did then from, um, in a nutshell, uh, I looked at diet, even though my diet was pretty clean already being a runner, I Mm -hmm. looked at diet, meditation, kinesiology for emotional work, um, reduced stress. I left left a very stressful job. And the fifth one was I moved, moved from a colder climate so Victoria um, in Australia and moved up to Queensland where uh, my husband and I live now. So they were the five things that I really focused on for the diet aspects. Um, a number of people have told me about this amazing lady called Dr. Terry Walls. Um, she also was diagnosed with MS. Uh, she was a clinician and she was able to um, to manage it, go from a tilt wheelchair to be able to um, uh, you know, ride a bike in a short period of time. So she had uh, the walls protocol, that's what it's called. Mm. And it was quite paleo-based. And I bought the book and I started following that. Halfway through that, I suddenly discovered like, okay, how's my body feeling now with this? And for me personally, the meat was a bit too heavy. And I started... Yeah, developing and I like, touched on it before in intuition but this intuitive way of okay rather than emotional eating or just food, eat your breakfast because it's seven o'clock well look at your watch it's one o'clock I must must have lunch now yeah okay do does my body actually want food right now what does it actually need you know for a nutrition, a fuel point of view, as opposed to just shoving food down because you know society says it's seven o'clock and we must have breakfast, you know. Mm. Um, so i I kind of incorporated that. Meditation was new for me, and I started doing um, meditation in a way,
0: me. I mean, not, I would sort of almost say like not really, because a runner running itself is is so meditative. It so brings you into another space, doesn't it? I think that's what people love about running, to be honest.
1: Yeah, true, true. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I was taking meditation. I take on your point, Richard. Yeah, that's fantastic. From an active point of view, but actually sitting still in a quiet space for, you know, half an hour, an hour, I just thought, like, no. I had one of those extremely, um, you know, active active minds, always thinking. So to actually sit quiet in a still space, that was a challenge for me. Mm. What I loved about Dr. Joe Dispenser is his amazing story how by uh he was a chiropractor, he was um he was on a triathlon and he was hit by a, a truck um on the bike leg and and was um left in hospital um, and had a very severe I don't know the full details but he had like very severe um, spinal issues and again to cut a really long story short he while he was laying flat on his back he actually imagined his spine um, rebuilding itself and he did that over and over again until he could formulate his whole complete perfect spine and he did and now he's walking and now he's Um, doing amazing work around the world and seminars Mm. and teaching people, um, uh, you you know, about the body. So I started doing his meditations and I went to one of his retreats. And in one of the retreats, I just had this incredible feeling after one of the meditations that I was whole, that I was healed. Mm. Um, And I couldn't explain that to anyone other than it's done it's complete i'm a completely new people Mm. so the evidence for me was to go back uh for an mri scan and to see um how things had changed
0: right
1: and what uh, what happened yeah so what actually happened at the um when i went to see the Uh, uh, the neurologist again had the MRI, went in, had the appointment. He pulled up on the screen before with eight lesions and afterwards with none. And and so that was the evidence I needed. But the beautiful thing I want to share with your listeners and you, Richard, um, is that that image was in all the meditations I had done every morning for a nine-month period. I visualised being in that neurologist office, having a conversation with him, seeing my MRI scans before and after, and that scene exactly happened um, Yeah, in in the exact way. So it was a game. I mean, I'm I'm
0: thinking like, uh, I'm thinking like it's almost like a a reverse trauma, you know, it's very hard for people, I, I think when they hear of different things is to imagine how impossible that is because and i'm, I'm using the word impossible because because according to our current understanding of the body it's impossible that the the nerve tissue just doesn't heal that fast and it doesn't uh, scars in the nerve tissue they just don't go in fact scar tissue doesn't go and one of my little stories is um myself was a scar like a a big lump on my eye being being disappearing in three days um when my mm. teacher did uh, did energy work but we haven't you haven't actually mentioned energy so which is interesting which is fine I mean I, I think everything is energy but you're using your visualization you're using your diet you're using meditation um and and haven't you developed your own program or am I wrong yes yeah
1: and I think yeah um Quite rightly so, Richard. And and I think from the visualizations, what actually changed internally was the energetic being, I actually became a new person. So by be actually becoming that new person of being fit and healthy, Hmm. I actually became that. So that's, that is the energetic being becoming like a new, a new person. So what I've done is I've studied with many people, Dr. Joe Dispenza, the HeartMath Institute, um, and a number of other people, and I formulated because people said, "Okay, well, Sue, that's amazing what you did, but like, how did you do it?"
0: And so, yeah, I'm actually again, what I almost interrupt you is I'm, I'm thinking like, how does you know I said like how how does somebody who's gone to their environment and they said I've got this. You know terrible thing and you know essentially i'm gonna die it's not a matter of, we're all gonna die but like this is now i'm gonna try uh, die a slow and painful death i don't know how this is gonna happen and then it's gone and it's disappeared were they were they like oh don't talk about this this is like or were they were they a little bit scared or were they were they just amazingly happy
1: yeah i'm yeah yeah they were my neuro- neurologist is an amazing person as i said and his exact words were sue out of the eight lesions you had um most of them have completely disappeared and there was only a couple back then um, but they had significantly diminished and so that was in a nine-month period with no medical intervention so right. now like i have no lesions no like no nothing Um, and no symptoms at all. At the time he was saying, you know, I think it was, I think we were, uh, I was in this kind of knowingness and disbelief all at the same time. And what I mean by that is knowingness because I'd experienced that moment so many times every single day. That mm-hmm. when that moment reached up with me in, in inverted commas linear time, it was almost like, yeah, I know. I've already I've already been to this event. So for for the listeners, um, um, using it another way, maybe think when you're a child and you're thinking about Christmas Day or your birthday, and mm-hmm. and you play over in your mind how it's going to play out in a joyous way. Mm-hmm. That 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 is the scene that i'm coming to so that is as you said richard the energetic work because you're actually being a hologram that's how to describe it a hologram of your future self but in the now because the beauty about your mind is it doesn't know the difference between imagination or um, reality to your mind it's the same so if you have a strong enough vision a strong enough intent a strong enough emotional backing, so I had the emotions of how would I feel when I do get the all clear? Well, I'm going to feel happy, joyous, celebrating. So mm. I brought all those emotions in, into the visualization. So, um, mm. yeah, I hope that helps your listeners. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's it is a fascinating area, and uh, what I what I'm hearing as well is like. For me, it's like you're an un, an unlikely hero. You know, you, you, it feels like you're just living your life. You're doing it. You're doing your job, and then suddenly you're you have to find that thing inside you. And and you did a lot of courses, and then you said, well, it's like if somebody's got a problem, let me let me like me say I don't know if this is correct, so just correct me. Uh, if somebody's got a problem like this, so um they need to do all these courses or is there something I can offer which is which I think is the essence of what I learned from this experience
1: yeah thank you that's a uh, that's a great sum up and I think the essence of what I learned cramming everything that I've done since and looking at me being a social experiment in those nine months going from eight lesions to none mm. not being able to fill my leg to be able to fill my leg not only that but to retrain myself and to run a marathon again again in that nine month period what i did was i can break it really down or chunk it up into three three areas which is what i i am I, um, I help my clients do as well the first step is um heal heal the past heal the past trauma and what i mean by that is that version of yourself who has created the situation right now so for me that was looking into all my um past emotions how i thought how my programming wasn't a very powerful place it was quite growing up being in england it was very much um um uh don't be seen don't be heard do what you're told um so there was quite a lot of oppression so and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a case of to feel emotions it was uh, like put a lid on it oh you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to do that and so Mm -hmm. throughout my even though I had a beautiful childhood don't get me wrong underlying all of that it was a perfect storm for me putting a lid on all my emotions not fully expressing them not fully being my authentic self. My mum actually, Richard, always called me, you are the enigma. Um it, like you always have the ability to just like blend in to your environment. So or with people. So with that blending in, and again, I don't know if your listeners can identify with this, I lost myself.
0: Yeah. So it, I lost It's my... interesting. I was literally talking like two days ago with Stanley Krippner. And he said mm-hmm. that the most psychic people are the people with um, thin boundaries, so thin borders. They 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 are the most psychic, and that's something again, which is, and there's a there's a test that you can do, um, which is science has come up with a way of saying, oh, this person is more likely to be susceptible to some psychic phenomena. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm almost hearing what. Professor Stanley Krippner just said to me two, two days ago. Um, and you're going, yeah, so it was like this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were predestined or, or this this was happening more than you realised probably before it ever physically manifested as a disease. Uh, yeah,
1: and, absolutely.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah. and it really brought out that innate... Um, I want to say innate talent or innate gift that you have.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The second step would be, which I touched on a bit earlier. So the first step heal, heal your past trauma. Second one would be create. So what is the intention? What do you want to create? So for Mm. me, I really identified with, um, okay. So let me uh, backtrack. One thing, that I've heard and I've read is that even if you receive a diagnosis, it's, it's not the prognosis. So it's not like a life sentence. It's not forever. And I think with that, you hear a language I've heard and I felt internally and know so with all every cell of my being is so powerful, especially if you use a sentence with I am, and then fill in the dots Mm. people, people, refer to that as your identity. So I am a teacher or a doctor or whatever. People always use that as well as inverted commas, their label and you hear, I am a, you know, or I've got cancer, diabetes, MS. Mm -hmm. I never use that languaging. My husband never used that languaging. So it was almost as if, okay, we've received this diagnosis. This is a current format. However, we're molding this into what we want to create. Mm. So so, uh, what do I do then? So for the creation, you you know, creating your future, my future was um, I'm unlimited and I'm in vibrant health. What does that look like for me? Well, for me, it would mean that I'm symptom-free. I'm able to run again big thing would be for me to run a marathon again so that was the other second component of my visualization to actually see myself in action running um uh through the uh uh, finish line with arms in the air you know celebrating and i'll I'll probably cry richard because that's such a strong vision and again it, it came true and and just um just an amazing thing how how powerful we actually are as creator beings, and I think we we kind of forget that going through life. And I think I, I hopefully you and I are here to inspire others. That you know, what do what do you want to create? Like you know, if you could do anything, if you had a blank canvas right now, what picture, what image would you create for yourself?
0: Right. Yeah. But right. I certainly, I'm, I'm certainly fascinated by the the, um, the whole topic of uh, creation. I sometimes, uh, well, you can say that, um, again, with psychokinesis and, and manifestation, we can't be sure that it's not clairvoyance, that that was going to happen anyway. Uh, however, I guess it's certainly more pleasurable to start imagining wonderful things in your life. If you can, you know, if you, if you can deal with it. And of course, I think, I think to certainly extent there can be a bit of delusion. Do you know what I mean as well? So people. Yeah. So I, I guess that's where somebody comes, comes to you and, and uh, uh, gets the benefit of your connection to your inner intelligence. So you're able to ask in a way for that. I mean, I know I am, I'm, I, I sort of, I'm able to ask, well, is that really does that fit? Um, you know, I, I work in terms of weak and strong. Um, so so oh, it's that person, they're saying it, but they're weak to it. They're actually like, actually every time they're saying it, saying something which it's not going to be true, it's mm. just weakening them. And they feel like uh, they're going, well, I'm going to a million dollars. You think, oh, wait a minute. Y- you, might, you might think that's what I'm talking about with manifestation or yeah. uh, anyway. No uh, right now you, that that is not something you want to be saying to yourself mm, you know? mm. um, I, I do I do feel like um, the internet's full of or Facebook is full of people saying, I'm oh, manifest I'm gonna see this I'm gonna... and I think I think in all fairness um, there's something powerful in in you know saying I I'm, I'm gonna do this and then there's also, um, an oversimplification of something which which is you know we don't really know what it is, but that's the wonderful thing. We don't have to know exactly what it is, mm. um, and uh, uh, we can still tap into it. But mm. you were also telling, and this is this is something I was fascinated with. Was some people you know you wanted to share this um, a- amazing experience that you've been through. Um, which I understand from my experience, because when I, when I realised, you know, I could feel energy and, and so on, I was like, oh, wow, I could, you know, I could help the world. Um, now, it wasn't easy for some people to hear what you were saying. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Richard. And I think, I, I think, um, I think I've been very mindful of, uh, at first I was very mindful of, of who I shared my journey with number one number two is when I made the decision what route I would go down I was very conscious of uh, what support I needed and I think that is 100% critical of your environment who you have around because there were a number of people in my life at that time who were inverted commas quite not negative I think they were just portraying their concern for me and the future Um, uh, even to the extent that uh, that some people said well are you going to sell your home now you know you live in a two-story house you better like you know have a single level and and to me i thought pardon What, what why would i sell my home i'm like maybe I was quite innocent and, and they sort of said, or, oh, you know, you think about the future and the wheelchair. And I thought, mm. wow, that's mm. not even in my future. So I just thought, okay, then it was almost, I put myself in this protective bubble as in, I'm in this social experiment for nine months mm. to do as best I can to create this future that I could see and to move forward every day with my best ability moving forward to that. Um, and then let's see what happens. So after I you know I received the amazing um, outcome that I had and I started to share with people, some people have been supportive and other people haven't. And that's okay too because um, I feel that everyone's on their own journey, on their own healing journey. Mm. and uh, some people are quite strong in their opinions. As to the way to move forward, and that's okay too. And and, and I mm-hmm. think get back to everyone's on their own journey, yes. um, and I'm just here to share hope of of possibility of what of what you can do. Yeah.
0: I, I I do think I mean I I can totally relate uh, to what you're saying, and um, I think there is sort of almost this moment well well, i know i know i've had people say i think you're crazy you know like i think you need to go and see a psychiatrist you know um which is um a bit of a bit of a blow yeah um especially they're often there people that are close enough to you that think they can say this uh, and you think well wow they they really don't get me they really don't believe me and and so on. but And for me, it was easier because I had something tangible I could really feel and I could go up to somebody and say, you've got a problem here and here and here. Um, And then um, there's other people where literally I felt like, um, and maybe this is my thin boundaries, it's like I don't want to show them or I don't even want to share what I'm experiencing because they it frightens them it, it's just scary for them um, and we don't know like like i say you know if if you've had a um, a mother who's died of multiple sclerosis and then you hear your story that may be a painful story especially if you push them they'd said the mother had said i don't know i wanna i want to try diet and say ah oh, don't be fatty you know don't be a crank yeah um and and so that's that's like a retrospective trauma for all those moments i think we often mm. think the trauma is is something uh that happens in a moment well it, it does but the funny thing about time if you if you if you've been going along you know one line of thought and then suddenly you have a change of direction which essentially trauma means you suddenly change direction mm. um um whether something hits you or whether you you know, suddenly have a realization. Um, you look back in your life and go, "Oh, I really messed up there, and that's affected so many people that I didn't know that." And I, and I was always making fun of people that were, you know, uh, believing in, uh, you know, innate intelligence or woo, you know, woo woo. Um, yeah. So has it has anything woo woo happened during this process? Would you say?
1: Mm, wow. Um... Oh, <laughs> yeah! Like yeah, there have been there have been many many insights actually as to um, maybe past lives, uh, mm-hmm. the reason why this has probably happened now, and uh, being really clear on what's happening in the world today and the and the future, um, and I think just really. Uh, ha- how to put it, I've, I've, I've kind of sense in the, if I'm off kilter, I always call it coming home and being the eye of the storm. So there's a lot of craziness uh, outside in, in, in the world events now, uh, you know, particular countries, uh, and then communities, and then uh, individuals, So I always call it uh, coming back home, coming to the core and the center. And if I'm off kilter, um, yeah, I can really like feel other people's energies and I I can kind of, you know, make it out as if it's mine. But getting back to your question of of has any other synchronicities happened, um, just... Uh, oh there's uh, I think I think we have to have a part two (laughs) let's have a part two conversation
0: really okay well that sounds that sounds very promising actually Um, yeah there's a whole load of uh, things that you you'd like to share in that area yeah (laughs)
1: watch this space I think (laughs) yeah yeah
0: I I want to ask you another question which is um, have you and and you know I realised this, when, when did this actually happen? Was it like two years ago, ten years ago?
1: No, October 2014.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay, so since then you've, 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 at some point, you've started helping other people. Have you had success? I mean, have people got over sicknesses that, where they weren't expected again? get
1: over yeah, yeah absolutely there's one that comes yeah. to mind um joe a lovely lady here in australia um she had been had probably about 10 years worth of health challenges i, I won't like go into uh too much detail because right of, we should we technology. should
0: be aware of anonymity
1: yeah for sure um what what happened though one of the big things is when she 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 was in a dark space health-wise um, with re- recurring health challenges. When she started working with me and I, I took her through a few processes, when it came to the creation, she had realised that she was actually creating from a very limited space, from a very stuck space, mm. as opposed to thinking, if anything was possible, Joe, what would you want? So when she created from that space uh, and her whole energy, her whole uh, demeanor started to shift in a very short space of time. And she's, um, um, uh, yeah, able to, to go on a, a very, very good health journey um, that is, you know, just provided without diverging too much information, given her more energy, um, her migraines have uh, like disappeared. Um, Also from that, within her future vision of herself was income, something that she had been struggling with because of her health, she wasn't able to work. Um, And all she had in mind and dropped any attachment to how or when or if this would happen, she just wanted to double her income. Um, And within a four four week period, she did. uh, She had a series of opportunities that came her way. Um, that just opened her up into also another healing space. Um, And, yeah, she was able to do that in such a short space of time. So I think that's the thing. It's the identity of who you want to be and to drop any attachment onto how and allowing um, innate intelligence, the universe, God, source, spirit, whatever, to work with you. You've still got to, like, take action clearly on a day-to-day basis um to to bring that into your uh moment now yeah
0: right I love that I mean I, li- I like I like for me I like the concept everything is energy and so mm. we can we a work on energy we can work on our finances we can work on a relationship we can work on our on our health we can work on you know our personality we can work on anything everything um which of course um to so a certain extent, that can be a bit scary and overwhelming for people, but it's it just—I uh, think—you have to just learn to, you know, take its baby steps, you know, step by step. Um,
1: Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I'm from- so impressed with you. I, I mean, so it, it's just—it's uh, just amazing. Um, you know what? In I, I, from my perspective, it's a very short amount of time. You've you've done amazing things, um, and, and that's really brilliant. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you you so
0: much for coming and sharing your story with uh, the probably I say 25 people that, you know, know no, it's not. We're millions. We're millions (laughs) over over a period of time. We're going to be millions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Richard, before you go, I don't want to keep people in suspenders. The third step is to um, embodiment. So, how would you bring that creation into your everyday now? So, use the analogy of myself when I was training to run a marathon. Mm. Uh, And my visualisation was a marathon runner, actually Mm. completing the runner, bringing it back to your current moment now. Well, Sue, how's that going to work? I couldn't even feel my foot and I couldn't even like um, uh, uh, move my leg. So Mm. what I had, again, it's the mind, I was playing tricks with my mind as my own social experiment. So I imagined I was already an athlete, a marathon runner, And I just had inverted commas, a little blip of an injury. And I just had to think, okay, well, how would, how would they do it? What would they eat? What would they think? Mm -hmm. Who would they be surrounded by? What would there be their sleep patterns? Um, How would they train? Um, And then from the muscle memory, I just imagined my right leg was like a piston of a, a train. And I just imagine my leg. At first, it was quite clunky, but I just imagine my leg going really smoothly. And uh, and again, the the power. I just imagine the mind sending those uh, uh, those messages, that energy down to my leg to move like a smooth piston so that's the embodiment so i didn't want to leave anyone thinking well what was the third yeah. step oh it's worth <laughs> yeah.
0: well, it i mean there's a lot to be said to that um you know there's there's the carpenter effect um that we we can relate to how our mind i think most sports people now agree like 50 percent of their training is done in in their mind, mm. um, so it doesn't matter how much physical training you do if your if your mind's not there. And embodiment, I mean embodiment. I can sing a song about embodiment. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. Just just uh, connecting with the body is so incredibly powerful, and it's it's um, and it goes very very deep. Um, you know. But again, it, it, what I like about your, your structure is you've got three things that you, they all need to work together. You can't just have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Beautiful.
0: Amaze balls, as they say.
1: <laughs> Haven't heard that saying for ages. Maze balls. It's very English. <laughs> yeah. Love well,
0: it. Lovely. Well, um, we do going to have you back for um, part two. I promise yeah. that. Yeah and uh but thank you so much for sharing
1: thank you thanks richard bye for now